2: Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today
0: this is a story about a series of murders and disappearances that happened in the winter of 2000, previously on a new winter. I closed the drawer and opened up the last one at the bottom, 1952 to 1942. It was more of the same: missing children, strange incidents, murder cases, but then I noticed a photo an old black and white photo it was of two boys running in the forest and on the right hand side in the back of the picture was what looked like a black smudge but it was behind the trees it was in the photograph but what made me even more terrified what shook me to the core is that the boys were twins and more than that I realised who they were they were me this is episode 30 of a New Winter. As soon as I started staring at the photo, I heard something in the corridor. I quietly shut the drawer and turned back the key and put it into my pocket. As I looked around and realized I had nowhere to hide. Should I make a run for it? I didn't want to risk it. The best case scenario here was that it was the police, and I didn't want to be locked up as a murderer. I decided to stay. If I was to be found, then so be it. But at least I'd be ready. I closed the door to the room, but there was nothing to lock it from the inside. I cursed under my breath and sat against the wall beside the door so that once it opened, it would at least hide me in some respect. I waited and waited and then from out of nowhere, the door began to open. I sat, terrified that I might get caught But then the light started flickering. That bright white light suddenly switched off. And there I was in the darkness, with the buzzing of the lights now gone and the red glow having even disappeared. It felt like somebody had just switched off the world. It was completely pitch black and there was absolute silence now, apart from a slow creak as the door opened. As it opened, I tried to slow my breathing down. I tried my best not to make a noise. But what I heard... What I heard terrified me more than anything I could imagine. Because in that darkness, I heard a breathing. And not just any normal breathing. This was different. It was deep, like an animal. Like a large animal. And it sounded like... Buried deep within it. It sounded like it was almost the faint screams of thousands of voices. I felt a heavy weight pulling me towards the noise, like gravity, an unknown force, just dragging me towards it. Whatever it was, they now pushed the door open. It was inside the room. It was looking, searching. But I wasn't sure if it was trying to find me. I felt pressure in my head, like something was trying to push into my brain. It hurt, but I bit my lip. In fact, I bit it so hard that I could taste blood. It couldn't have been more than five or six feet away. Then out of nowhere, it made a high-pitched shriek, different from the shrieks I'd heard before. And it made me almost jump out of my skin. I remained completely still, terrified of whatever it was that was beside me at this very moment. The pulling of his presence, the pushing against my head, it's as if all of space and time had just turned upside down and inside out. And then, the door slammed shut. The presence I had felt had been lifted, and I took a deep breath. I realised that I'd gone through the sensation of Of almost drowning. Of having my chest crushed. I began to cough as the lights came back on. And here I was, sitting in this bright white room. As if nothing had happened. I walked out of the room. And back into the red glow. And still I heard nothing. Saw nothing. Whatever it was. I didn't want it to come back. I now couldn't care less if the police or whomever... Would roam in the building, would find me. As long as it wasn't that, that creature, whatever that thing was. I turned a couple more corners and and then I recognised the long corridor in front of me. This is where I'd escaped with Dewbridge, where he shot someone. And that would have meant the room, this room beside me actually, would have been where I was, when I was tied up. I tried not to think about it and slowly walked up to the door at the end but the whole time I couldn't help but feel I was being watched by someone or worse yet, something. I opened the door and looked back. Nothing. Then as I walked through, I felt that pull again and quickly shut the door behind me. I looked back at the empty dinner table. The last time I was here, I saw a vision. Or daydream. ...of a family eating... ...but this time... ...nothing. An orange glow pierced the room... ...throwing up the dust that had settled... ...and as I peered outside I could see the sun... ...was beginning to rise. I walked out to a new day... ...the warm glow of the sun filled me... ...with a strange sensation... ...as if something was beginning... ...or maybe it was ending. I started walking back in the crisp daylight... ...and it took me a while. Thoughts were running through my head... ...and I looked into the distance... ...and there, behind the trees... ...behind the forest... ...reaching into the sky... ...was that tower. The tower listens. But what exactly was it listening to right now? I slowly walked up into the town. It was quiet, save for a few old-timers... ...shuffling through the snow me amongst them, tired and shuffling, feeling older than my years. It was like I was slowing down. I made it back to the bell and sat in my room at the end of the bed, staring into a full-length mirror, examining my face, trying to see if I could figure something out. But to be honest, I didn't even recognise myself. I stared through me, into the mirror, my face just blurring into nothing. Nothing. Then there was a loud knock on the door. Pulled me out of my trance, and I took a moment to gather my thoughts. Had I been dreaming? The banging continued, more impatient now, and I wondered if it was safe to open the door. Standing there, I saw Michael, a terrified look on his face. He was sweating, breathing erratically, and when I looked down, I saw blood on his hands. "'Please,' he pleaded, and reached out. "'Whoa,' I took a step back and went to shut the door quickly.' He threw his foot into the doorway so I couldn't shut it. But please, wait, wait. I just need your help. What's happened? I asked, slowly, carefully. I I don't know, Something something's happened in my room. They, they've killed her. Who, what are you talking about? I have no idea, there's some, just some dead girl in the room. Please. I opened the door and stepped out. Just don't touch me, I said. I followed him down the corridor and into his room. And there, lying on the bed face down, was a young girl. Naked. And seemingly stabbed multiple times. In fact, the bed was soaked with blood. It was also all over the light green carpet. And it was splattered against the cream walls. Across the TV. Well, everywhere. What the fuck is going on, Michael said. And I could see he was starting to lose it. Maybe he really was innocent. I, I, look, I feel like I'm being set up. What do I do? Well, I said, you, you call the police. What do you think you do? But <sighs> they're going to think it's me, aren't they? Some fuckhead has done this to me. I've only been here five minutes. OK, well, look, I said, I know someone who can help us. Call down to the reception and get them to call the police when inspector Dewbridge to come over. Uh, OK, right. Michael started calling the number and I walked around to see if I could see her face. As I walked around, each step filled me with more horror as I realised, in fact, I recognised the face. Each step just confirming my fear. ''They're calling the police station now,'' Michael said. But I wasn't listening. I was looking at the body, into her cold, dead eyes. And I realised that there was no mistaking it. It was Jackie. What is it? Michael said. Holy fuck, you know her, don't you? Yeah, I do, I replied. She's uh, she's a friend of mine. Well, she was, I guess. Look, I'm telling you, man, Michael said. I didn't do it, I just found her here. Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Look, calm down, we'll wait for Dewbridge. Just just sit tight. And out of nowhere he started crying. I don't know why, but I looked at him, jealous. I didn't even have the energy to cry. Then I wondered if it was because I was too tired. Or because I just didn't feel anything anymore. Why was I not upset too? What was wrong with me? Was was I changing? Had something happened? Just then I heard someone thump on the door... ...and Michael shot me a look. ''Don't worry, it must be him,'' I said... ...and opened the door to see Dewbridge. He looked drained, exhausted. ''How did you get her so fast?'' I asked. ''Did you fucking kill her?'' Dewbridge said. ''Who? How how did you...?'' ''Did you?'' ''Graham's?'' ''She's fucking dead.'' ''Was it you?'' ''Were you there?'' It was a shame those two questions were so close together, I thought, because they made me hesitate, and Dubridge saw it immediately. You evil fucking bastard. You just had to kill her. You just couldn't let the truth escape, could you? I was taken aback. Michael came to the door, still drenched in blood, and Dubridge drew his gun. Whoa, Michael put up his hands. Look, I didn't do it, mate, I'm telling you. Do what? Does he know about Grahams? What the fuck is going on here? Have you done something else, lad? Because if you have... What, what does he mean, worse? Michael asked me. I could see this was turning south and quickly.
2: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
1: Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
0: Oh, look, everyone, hold on. Please, Debridge, put the gun down. No. I'm not putting anything down Not until you tell me what's going on, lad Okay, okay, just everyone relax This is Michael This is his room He came in to find He came in and he found Jackie She's been killed Yeah, by you, you fuck Dewbridge said, pointing the gun directly into my face No, no, I'm telling you I haven't killed anyone Dewbridge smiled Nervously And a little laugh escaped. (laughs) No, you haven't, have you? And Ebridge's voice started to crack. Sounded like he was... crying. I should fucking kill you. Right now. And just end this for good. But you'll survive it, won't you? Somehow. You'll just fucking rise again and greet the day. Acting like this fucking idiot the whole time. Like you don't know what's happening. There was a pause and for a moment, for a brief moment, I wanted him to pull the trigger. I just didn't have the energy to fight anymore. I felt free, weightless, like, like nothing mattered anymore. But in that instant, I felt something inside me roar up. Like someone had turned up the volume from deep within me. As if something was, was rising. What's going on? A voice down the corridor shouted and Dubridge slowly lowered his gun. The tension started to ease. Nothing, don't worry about it, I'm with the police. Oh yeah, where's the proof? The voice said. Here. And Doobridge pulled out his ID. Bloody old git, now get inside for I come round there next. I heard a door shut down the corridor and Doobridge came inside and shut the door behind him. He walked up to me and stared me down. Grahams is more to me than just my colleague. You know that. We were... We were together. She was supposed to leave this shithole town. Wait for me at a hotel and pretend she was missing so that no one would follow. Only then, she really went missing. I looked at the CCTV footage and saw Jackie, your mate, leaving with her. Calm as you like. When I went looking for Jackie back here, who did I see it with? Saw it with you. The base calf. Now Grahams is dead. And you're telling me that Jackie is lying dead in there. And you're saying to my face that you've no idea why that is. I paused. I looked him dead in the eye. Yeah, that's right. Dubridge took a deep breath. Hmm. Sorry guys, Michael chipped in I don't know what the fuck is going on here But can someone please tell me what we're going to do About the dead body in there Doobridge pushed past us And went to look at the bed Yeah, well that's Jackie Cut to ribbons He put on some rubber gloves from his pocket And started looking round the room Lifting cushions under the bed Just wherever he could Do you see anyone around here? He asked See the murder weapon? No, nothing. Look, I came in, I saw the body. I checked if she was alive or dead. Then came over to see you and that's it. You checked to see if she was alive or dead, like this. Well, your finger bits are everywhere by the looks of it. How long have you been in this room for? Like, a day? Two days? Okay. Doobie started investigating her body. He checked the wounds in her back. Well, she was repeatedly stabbed by the looks of it. I don't know, 15, 16, well, maybe 17 times. Sharp knife, by the looks of it, not serrated. Hit to her face. No, nope, nothing here, he said. Then picked up her arm and then it dropped. Regal Mortis hasn't exactly set in yet and his blood's still wet, so it seems quite recent. He put his hands between her legs and bent down to have a look. Oh, God's sake, Michael shouted. Look, calm down. I'm checking, right? It doesn't look like there's any signs of sexual activity. Deerbridge stood back up. I'd say this was a hit. And if this wasn't you, which by the look on your stupid face it probably wasn't, then there's a reason why she was either placed here or led here or someone killed her thinking maybe it was you. I don't know. So, and Deerbridge took off the gloves. So who are you? Um, I'm Michael. Michael Verdun. There's a pause. Okay, okay. am I supposed to know you? Deebridge asked. No, you you asked me who I was. Yeah, come on, more. Where are you from? What do you do? Why have you got a dead body in your bloody hotel room? Friends, enemies, that kind of thing. Or just your bloody name. Oh, uh, okay, well, I worked for Goldman Sachs. Kind of retired. Um, I've made all the money that I want to make, really. You made all the money you want to make. Uh, What are you doing here, then? Deebridge asked. My my family they're they're from here. I was adopted, but my real parents are meant, are meant to live here. I'm, I'm I'm just trying to find them. Just then we heard sirens. Fuck, David muttered. How bloody git. Okay, we have to leave. Well, what happens now? Am I going to jail? No, you're not going to fucking jail. You're staying with me. Both of you are. They want you to be found, Michael. Clearly, so this could all be part of some elaborate trap. But you do exactly as I say and you tell me exactly what I need to know. I'm going to find this killer, don't worry, but I'll find them before the police do. Come on, then, stay close. We left the room, locked up, and Dubich led us down the corridor to the fire escape. Took a peek out the window. Two cars. Oh, fuck, now three, shit. Okay, we need to get out before they get organised. Stop bloody talking about it and do it, Michael said. Dubich looked down. You didn't even wash your hands. They're still covered in blood. Michael looked and mumbled, well, I... I, Just keep them hidden. Come on. Dubich led us down the flight stairs and started towards the door. Knelt down, slowly opened it, then quickly let it shut. Okay, they're coming. Back up. Up, 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 up. We quickly ran back up the stairs, and as we hit the first floor, we had the door open on the ground floor, where we just were. Dubich continued up to the second floor. We walked along the corridor to the other side of the building. Once they find the body, that's it, Michael said. Dubas just ignored him and rushed to the window at the end. He opened it up and peered out. All right, this should do it, he said, and began climbing out. He dropped down to the floor below and waved us down. Michael went next and lowered himself to the ground. I started climbing out and then I heard a noise, like a, like a radio crackle. I looked back down the corridor and saw a little girl standing at the end, facing me is it is it Sandra it was the same girl who was on the road slowly she raised her fingers up to her lips shh she seemed to be saying to me then from behind her came two policemen oi they shouted and I dropped down to the street and we all ran across the road in here Duba shouted I could see he was beckoning us inside the line Michael ducked in and with a deep breath I ran in as well Debridge quickly peered out the letterbox. Somehow they haven't seen us, or at least I can't see them. I'd say we're safe for the moment. Let's just try and find a way out the back. Wait, I said. Wait, wait, wait. I want to check something first. I went into what was the madame's back room, but it had been cleared out by the police. Looking for the tapes? Debridge asked. Yeah, just something. I don't know anything. It's useless, lad, Debridge sighed. All that stuff got taken. Not just by the police, either. I think our... Well, it's just our special friends got here even sooner. I just want to know what's going on, I said. I want to know what's happening, what all this means. (sighs) Listen, lad. He took a seat in the corner of the room. Look, I don't want to burst your bubble. I mean, I could sit here and I could tell you everything I knew. And I mean everything. The problem is it won't matter, you won't remember. The funny thing is, you know it all anyway. In fact, you know much more than I do. Much, much more. And it's all up here. And he pointed to my head. It's the headaches, I thought out loud. Oh, yes, your bloody headaches will start getting worse. In fact, I don't want to get you worried, lad, but everything is about to get worse. Especially the way this is all going. This ain't like before. It's not like the usual. This town is about to go to hell quite literally but I need to understand I said why Kate died why Jackie died well Doobidge answered I'm afraid you won't like the answer but I think it's something that you need to find out for yourself I mean it's you well know, complicated to say the least I know Mr. Tooley's behind it all I said I know he's who I have to get to Doobidge laughed <laughs> Mr. Tooley eh well I tell you what Mr. Tooley's mind something alright but he's just a small part of that puzzle. I'm not even, like, I'm not even a speck of dust on the outside of the box of the puzzle. Just then Michael walked in with clean hands. Sorry, but what did you say? He asked. The puzzle, I answered. No, no, not the puzzle, the name. What did you say the name was? Hey, who are you talking about? What, Mr Tooley? Yeah, yeah, Mr Tooley. You, You guys know him. Doobridge and I looked at each other. Uh, yeah, we know him. Why? That's what I'm looking for. Mr Tooley. He's, well... He's my father. I just want to say a big thank you, again, to our patrons. You can go to patreon.com slash a And there you'll be able to get access... To our premium package, where you can get episodes 24 hours early, and you get a special episode each week that's to do with the town of A New Winter. Remember, you can tweet us at A New Winter or email us at A New Winter podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.